This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional help. If you or someone you know is facing difficulties, I advise you consult a psychologist. The themes and topics about to be discussed include serious mental illness and may be very triggering for some people. If you think you could be affected, please make sure you press pause and think carefully before listening to this podcast. If you decide to proceed, please make sure you have support and a health professional you can speak with later if needed. Hi everyone and welcome to Psych for Life with Dr Amanda Ferguson. I'm your host, Dr Amanda Ferguson. And today I'll be discussing mentoring men and giving back with founder Ian Westmoreland. Welcome, Ian. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm well, and it's lovely to finally meet you. We connected years ago, and I thought you were running uh, mentoring men's walking groups, but perhaps that was the man walk groups that's one of your buddies, or was that you running the, the walking groups? Well, we started off running our own walk and talk events, um, and then we realised that uh, why reinvent the wheel? And there was an organisation around called the Man Walk, which ran walks all over Australia. Yeah. So we we have many partners, but uh, they were one of the partners. Could I just share a story around the the power of walking? Yes, please. Um, I was mentoring uh, students through the Raise program, and at one of the local schools, we like you'd have 12 or 15 mentors turn up at a school and they'd be matched one-to-one with, with students. And we have a debrief afterwards and the mentor would say, look, this, it was a Pacific Islander kid. He just wouldn't say anything at all. He couldn't, there was no response. Mm-hmm. And one week I turned up, my mentee, the young guy being mentored, was away. And this guy's mentor was away. So I was matched with this Pacific Islander kid. So we sat, I thought mentoring was all about <laughs> sitting opposite each other, looking into each other's eyes. <laughs> And I said, how was your weekend? Good. How's school going? Okay. And it was just this impossible to have a, a conversation. But I'm an AFL passionate follower. And I always take my AFL ball. And I said <laughs> to this young guy, look, can we go for a walk around the Oval? So I, he said, yeah, sure. So I hand passed the ball to him and he threw it back rugby style. Within about 20 metres, the talking just started wow. and it didn't stop. My father, there'd been a death in the family, my uncle, my sister, my mum, and, and we just did lap after lap. And I've realised for many people, especially men, yeah. they don't want you to see the emotion in their eyes. No. I'm like that. If I'm crying, mm. I prefer people aren't looking at me. Yeah. And just being side by side in nature mm. is incredibly powerful. Um, even as a parent or a grandparent, it's like when you're in the car and the kids <laughs> and their mates are in the back seat. It's not. It's like you're not even there. Yeah. They just they, this stuff comes out. So a very long-winded answer, but I I do see the power in walking side by side with someone, and in many cases, much better than the face to face. Absolutely, it's been something I've observed that women want you to look in, them in the eyes, but men no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So. The obvious question, what made you start mentoring men and when did it start? Um, Well, just a bit of background. I've got four kids and number 12 grandchild is due in in a couple of months. Oh, wonderful. And uh, for a lot of my early life, uh, the focus is just on making, trying to make money to support the family. So I'd have a full-time job and and part-time jobs. And then increasingly, as I I actually managed to move up into fairly well-paid senior positions in IT management... Um, starting in 2013, I started to think there's more to life than just making money and delivering software changes. 
And on the 10th of September, 2013, I got on the train at Asquith to come to work. And I read something that transformed my thinking. A few months later, I quit my job. So I've been a full-time volunteer since May 2014. Wow. And it led me, I felt led down the path to mentor high school kids and then also primary school kids and then into the family environment. And then in 2018, I was struggling myself. I'd started mentoring a young guy at one of the local high schools in Sydney. And in the very first meeting, he shared with me that his father had suicided. Gee. His mum was an addict who was in and out of uh, rehab. Mm. He was living with his grandparents, which he hated. And then he just looked me in the eyes and he started crying. And he said, Ian, help me. Oh. Uh, and it's, what can you do? Yeah. What, what, um, I debriefed with the program counsellor later on looking for advice. And she just looked at me and said, Ian, are you okay? Yeah. And I started crying. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it took a couple of months that I realised that I was actually looking for a life mentor, just like all these other mm. uh, young people I've been mentoring. I should clarify, for most people in business, mentoring means someone with skills, experience, qualifications, who guides and directs and advises. But that's not what I do, and it's not what mentoring men is about. Mm. Our mentoring, is, I call it life mentoring, yeah. is predominantly based around listening mm. uh, and then encouraging, supporting. The men in the program aren't broken. They don't need fixing. They just need validation. They just need someone that they can be encouraged to be vulnerable with. So... It, uh, as a result of my experience, I looked around for the nearest organisation who provided life mentoring to men yeah. and disappointed and surprised to find there was nothing wow. that I could see that suited for men. It, uh, men as a demographic uh, uh, probably struggle more than most other demographics around emotions. I mean, the, the suicide rates, the, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the evidence is there. Yeah. So it motivated me to write a proposal to establish mentoring men and a couple of weeks later, I was at a local RSL. Uh, uh, Julian Lisa, who's the federal member for Barawa, is now Shadow Attorney General. Um, he, um, he partnered with Lifeline, uh, the Lifeline Harbour to Hawkesbury, and to promote uh, an accidental counsellor, it's really a suicide prevention course, where he wanted representatives from every group with his electorate to attend this course with a view to reducing suicide. Wow. But what I remember, Julian got up and made this speech and he talked about his father's suicide. And it was just gut-wrenching, mm. um, inspiring stuff. And I don't know why, but I took my proposal to establish mentoring men to that meeting. I don't know why I did that. Yeah. As soon as he finished, I made a beeline for him. He saw me coming. And I said to him, Julian, that was amazing, but where was the support that could have prevented, helped prevent your father from suiciding? Yeah. And he got it straight away. He said, you know, come and talk to him and went to his office. He signed on as our uh, first ambassador. And that was it. I'm committed. <laughs> I've oh. now started down this road that I, I totally underestimated how much work was involved. I bet. Uh, it's been seven days a week. for, But uh, I'm incredibly fulfilling. So that was the start of mentoring men. I think to date there's been about 2,000 men who have now engaged in the program and we're fortunate. Uh, 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 I remember that we put our own money in to start it, and then the local bank gave us five hundred dollars. Oh. It was like Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but now th- there's uh, amazing support come from all different quarters. So I've moved aside. Uh, I'm ambassador for the program, and there's now a team of about a dozen people 
who uh, run Mentoring Men, um, headed by Simon Jarvis, who's uh, a, a, another psychologist. Uh, he's the ah. CEO, and he previously was the general manager of uh, Camp Quality, the Kids Cancer Program, and he's, he's doing an amazing job. Fantastic, and he's a, he's a psychologist as well. A trained psychologist. I, I, every time I say he's a psychologist, he said he's trained psychologist. So I, I guess you, at some point you become not a psychologist. Oh, I, he's not registered, probably. That, that's probably it, yeah, yeah. How fantastic. And it's a volunteer-based group. So it's, um, it's uh, volunteers are the mentors, and they are trained mentors within the, within the program. Yeah, so our mentors range from 21, and there's no upper limit. Our oldest is in his 90s. Hopefully he's still alive. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, from all walks of life. Um, and the, the common element they have are they're just blokes who want to give back. And my own experience has been one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done, just helping oh. another bloke in life. So we, we, we train them through our own mentor training course. In fact, there's a course running as we speak. Oh. Um, and that runs over two days. And we also train them in suicide prevention. We start off with accidental counsellor course, which is great. uh, uh, Because of the growth of the program, we've actually moved to the Wesley Life Force suicide prevention course, which we we run um, in-house. Everything to do with the program is free. So we provide free training and and the guys being mentored, the mentees, it's, it's free for them as well. So how would someone know that they would make a good mentor? Great question. And, uh, a lot of people think they've got to have this, this accumulated brilliance, highly intelligent, and and <laughs> know all the. Um, and I, I actually got nominated by the Rays Foundation and, and won an award on their behalf. And I was asked frequently, "Well, what does it take to be a mentor?" My response was two things: Do you care? Mm-hmm. And can you listen? Wow! And that's it. And. You know, there's the, we, the training course covers good questions to ask, and uh, you know, there's a bunch of stuff around that. And you can, if you want to get really clever, you get into paraphrasing the mirror, which I find all too hard. <laughs> but I, it keeps coming back. I, I, I have no problems caring about someone else. Um, I'm challenged with listening sometimes, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I. So that's it. If you if you care and you can listen, then you you're there. And what about men who might? Um, wonder whether they would qualify to be mentored um, and do do men self-refer or are they mostly pushed towards you by family or friends um, it's a real mixture we have some men who do the mentor training then realize the benefits and actually say i want to have a mentor yeah that's that's fine so we, we have some men um, who just realize they want a mentor in fact you know someone contacted me a couple of months ago and said Ian, i'd love to be mentored in the program yeah um for us men often there's this shame associated mm-hmm. with not being able to um, live up to this ridiculous expectation of what a man is and in many cases i'll have this pull-up banner at a local market and it's the women who will come up yeah and they start sharing you know my husband my partner my father my son my neighbor my friend or whatever um and often it's with the encouragement of the women and we obviously we have referring agencies we work with a number of different organizations who refer men um through to the program Uh, my long-term view or or hope in in my lifetime i've seen society change Mm. i've had the they call it the trifecta around skin cancers i've had a couple of melanomas and and in my day we would rub 
coconut oil on our skins to get a healthy tan. Yes. It just sounds insane. Yes. But through the campaign, slip, slop, slap, none of my grandkids would ever think of going out without sunscreen mm. and a hat and all that sort of stuff. I would love to see a similar campaign that tackles this, this fear, this shame, what you know, Brené Brown covered, around how men see reaching out to get support, yeah. whether professional support or non-professional support. With mentoring, we have an advantage. If I go and, and no disrespect, if I go and see Amanda, it's almost confirmation in my own head that I, there's something wrong. I need to go and see Amanda. She's a professional, but it's that can be a bigger challenge. But yes. if I go and chat to Ian, Ian's just a bloke. Yeah. And he's just, we just go for a walk and we talk about, so I can talk about whatever I want to talk about and he's not going to judge me and it's confidential. So I feel often the mentoring can be done in parallel with getting professional support and it, that's a great way when the professional support finishes, yes. the mentoring then continues. It's not a, a, a cold drop-off. And how would someone know whether they would be better to go to a professional or to go to mentoring men? So we have um, people who... We have a mentor-manager mentee manager and they've got skills and training in this area and they would if appropriate would make recommendations mm-hmm. and the recommendations yeah, look you're definitely suited to getting a mentor in the program or it could be a combination of both or look we really uh, I recommend that you go and they would have a list of referral um, uh, organisations that would be best suited to that person's needs. Fantastic and I see there's a form people can fill in and that's probably part of the process of deciding whether they have both or one or, or the other? Yeah, they're on the, our website, uh, mentoringmen.org.au, people can seek a mentor or, um, or uh, apply to be a mentor. And within that, one of the key changes there, we used to have it that the men themselves had to apply, but now as long as they've got the man's permission, then someone, a family or friend or a referring agency can put in an application or an inquiry form on behalf of the mentee. Fantastic. So, so that's increased the number of men coming through. Excellent. And have you seen already a shift where there's an increase in a number of men or, or sort of a, a more willingness and openness in men to seek help and be helped? Um, yeah, I, at the national level, I'm, I'm seeing some positive changes. Uh, to me, role models for many people, like I think of Buddy Franklin or like uh, uh, Glenn Maxwell. So mm. in the sporting sense, in the old days, no one spoke about it. Yeah. But now it's actually uh, publicised mm-hmm. that these people are taking a, a a break for mental health reasons. Yes. And I've seen changes in the behaviour of the role models around how they treat each other and support each other through these changes. So I think that's a good thing. At, within Mentoring Men, interestingly, I've seen the mentors become far more vulnerable and supportive of one another. As part of the training course, on the mm-hmm. second day, we do a talking circle, so trust is developed. Yeah. And I'm amazed what comes out. In my uh, early days, bef- um, I was going to say when I was ignorant, but <laughs> I, I didn't have this aware. And I, I, the last three years, I've learned more than in any other stage of my life. Wow. But I, you know, you sit around a conference room and you think, oh, all these people have got it together. Yeah. And then I realised that's not true. The majority of these people, the majority have serious issues going on in their life. And then through this talking circle, it's like um, my mum gambled away my house. Oh. house. 
I can't get access to my kids. Mm. I miss my dad. I'm feeling depressed. And these people are are sharing this because it's a safe place to share. And I've seen that then continues on. And and we've got a whole bunch of people now on our team. As part of Mentoring Men, we run these mentor peer support groups. Excellent. And a a, a bunch of men get around. and, And there's always the opportunity if any of us are experiencing anything, to just share that and then get supported through that. How good would it be if we had a, a community, a village, where people could do that? Well, this is a, yes, this is a village community within the community. And it's over 57 languages, I believe. We cover a lot of languages. And uh, this is, um, we have relationships with a number of different uh, uh, migrant and refugee organisations. And we run our mentor training courses on a regular basis. Last year, for the first time, we ran one in Arabic wow. to, to Iraqi refugees. So that we had our, our facilitator, an interpreter, and then these guys. And, um, and, and, the, the, and then the trained mentors obviously go out into the Iraqi community and support them. And that was picked up by uh, SBS and it was shown last year on uh, Refugee Week and there was, there's been a follow-up done. Excellent. And I, I had the opportunity to meet about 70 of these Iraqi uh, migrants and refugees. We, we mentoring men put on a function for them around the Botanical Gardens and the Opera House. And what a delightful bunch of, of men they were. I, I, so family-orientated, so, so food-orientated. <laughs> they're, they're just throwing food at you. Try this, yeah. try this. Um, so only a, a, a minority spoke English, but um, yeah, it's you get a real insight into some of the challenges that they face. Often, there's P- in fact, one of the guys in our program was featured on SBS had PTSD. His friends have been shot and killed. Um, he was seen as a good guy, so someone mailed him a bullet, and th- and that that's a message that you got 24 hours to get out of the country. So, with his wife and his daughter he left but he still has nightmares about that yeah so and these got most of them are highly qualified yeah and they they come to another country that they sometimes don't have the support network their qualifications sometimes don't count and they just want to give back and i i'd love to change a common perception around some of these migrants and refugees that they are they come here with a passion to contribute Mm. and, and uh and uh and give back how wonderful and I think you said earlier it is a confidential process, so privacy is protected for people who want to become mentored as well as the mentors themselves. Yeah, we cover that in fair detail in the training course, and our mentors sign a code of conduct yep. around, which includes things like that, that the, the, the conversations are confidential. Excellent. Ian, I believe you have a new passion as well. <laughs> yeah, look, it's... Uh, <laughs> My wife can't believe I'm doing another thing like this. But uh, it, look, over 30 years ago, I had an idea for a book. And uh, the book was people who've been through significant adversity mm. share their story to give hope and inspiration to others. Wonderful. And uh, at the time, um, I didn't have the confidence mm. or the time or the money. So I thought I'll, I'll write, I wrote to Dick Smith, the <laughs> entrepreneur, and said, Dick, Dick, here's my idea for a book, uh, and, and uh, can he do it? <laughs> and uh, he's <laughs> I, a bit of a gall, I, I know. And to his credit, he sent me back a handwritten note saying, Ian, this is a great idea. Um, you do it. <laughs> uh, and it sat there for th- 30 years. And 
as I've moved aside from all the operational responsibility around mentoring men, I've decided to do this. Um, it's called uh, Kintsugi, which is Japanese word heroes. Mm-hmm. And Kintsugi goes back, there was a Japanese emperor who had a valuable pottery, not like this $1 coffee cup, but, <laughs> and it broke. And he said to the craftsman, put it back together so you can't see the breaks. And they couldn't do it. Yeah. But they could put it back together again with precious metals like gold. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's become an art form. Mm-hmm. And now the cup or the, the, is far more valuable than what it was before yes. as a result of the breakage. Now, it's a metaphor for me for the adversity that we, many of us go through. Mm-hmm. It actually makes us incredibly valuable yes. to ourselves but also to the people around us. The adversity is actually be, it can be seen as a strength. And so because the technology's changed over the last 30 years, we're doing a, 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 having a, a conversation. So I've uh, engaged a host. So we'll have an, a, a conversation with someone who will share their story of adversity. And then that will be uh, produced as content, audio, video, podcasts, um, uh, e-books and written books. Oh, wow. Interestingly, I did a survey. Uh, I sent out a survey a few weeks ago trying to get input for this. And uh, most people still want a printed book. Now, maybe it's an older demographic. I don't know. But (laughs) I mean, I personally, and I know you're an author, Amanda. But but, um, so it started. So all the systems and the processes set up and we had our first conversations. The very first one was uh, one of our mentors on grief. And he talked about his wife's passing from cancer 15 years ago blown away i was so emotionally engaged i watched the video and i was just sharing with you just prior to coming online the next one uh, is professor gregory smith um, who lived as a hermit in um in uh, in the mountains near byron bay till he was 45 wow. uh, drug addicted alcohol addicted uh, classified as a sociopath Ooh. no qualifications an amazing story if anyone wanted to check out uh, he's given a number of uh, TED Talks. He's also been on Australian Story. Mm. So he shared his story. Um, and he said he's moved on to become a professor. He's actually a professor to one of our mentors who's doing a PhD oh. at the moment. So <laughs> so it's, uh, and uh, yeah. So it's these stories. We've got indigenous people. We've got migrants, gender diverse. Uh, people who've been uh, in jail. For, so any adversity. So if any of your listeners are uh, uh, would be interested in, in uh, have gone through some significant adversity and happy to share their story to help others. Uh, please let us know and and uh, we'll be in touch and uh, we'll, we'll make we'll make it happen. How can they let you know? Where should they contact you? Um, probably best at my uh, to send me an email, which is uh, Ian at mentoringmen.org.au. dot um, Yeah, that's probably the best way. Brilliant. And so your your new passion project has launched already, and people can find that. Where can they find that? Uh, so it's it, the official launch will be in October. We the, all this podcasting stuff is new to me, Amanda. I know <laughs> you're an expert at it, but uh, we're going to build up what we call twelve in the bag. So we'll have twelve conversations recorded before we actually launch. Um, so there's there's conversations booked over the next few weeks. Um, so it will launch official launch in October. There'll be a podcast issued every week. And the ebook and printed book will be uh, a Q1 next year. So incredibly excited. The feedback I've had from the people who've been 
on it. The people who have had a chance to look at some of the the raw uh, conversations are just it's it's brilliant. It's um yeah the, the idea was always right, but the timing's right now. I believe. Oh, it's going to be so inspiring, Ian. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and if people are inspired to volunteer in mentoring men, should they be going to mentoringmen dot org dot au? Yes, please. Or they can ring our. 1300 number 1300 583 but they could go to the website and they can see seek a mentor uh, there's a tab there or they can go to uh, become a mentor there's another site there the training courses uh, run every at least every month so there's the mentor training course and the we also run the suicide prevention course suicide prevention course is open to anyone so it's free they run virtually so men and women um, you know, more people who do this course, the more lives will be saved in Australia. So. Yes, how rewarding for people to be doing those courses. If people want to donate, because mentoring men is free um, and require and relies on donations, I believe. It it does. We've had some amazing support. Most of it, a lot of our supports come from a philanthropist I've never met. He oh. wants to remain anonymous, oh. and I. I, I kept sending him thank you notes and I got told to st- st- oh. they, they would stop sending them in. We don't need the thank you notes. Um, but we've had some support from corporates and from individuals. But yeah, we would welcome, with the, our program is national, but we would love to put um, uh, people in place within the different communities to build the relationships. And to do that, we would need more financial support. So if people go to the, the website, mentoringmen.org.au, there's a donate page there and yeah, please support this free program. Um, I've often asked about the, the benefits to society. And I, I, if we can help men become better men through mentoring, then a lot of the society issues like violence, like addictions, like relationships breakdown will reduce. So that, that, those donations can play a, a key part in helping build better communities. Such an invaluable organisation, Ian. Congratulations on your success and with the, the upcoming podcast. I have a question I ask my guests, and you may want a moment to think about this. What makes you psyched for life? To me, it comes back to that life-changing moment that I had for most of my life. And it's totally appropriate, but I had to focus on making money and, and trying to do a a job uh, support my family mm. I, sometimes there's a question mark over how effective I was with with that it's really hard to get a balance between career and, and family but through circumstance because I was in the position financially yeah. I've seen the the amazing fulfillment the sense of achievement and purpose of being able to do these passion projects and for many people uh, like i we back onto a golf course and for many people and not criticize it's oh, I'm go and play golf when I retire or I'm going to travel around Australia or whatever and that's fine for me I just love what I'm doing I would rather talk to you Amanda than be out playing sport I mean this this just it just warms my heart and I I think if we can get past the materialism the capitalism of whatever that we are almost advertising to a path of going down yeah. and getting to a spirit of giving back, I think that's where we actually find our our true purpose and 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 true yeah. joy. That's my experience. Wonderful. 
Ian Westmoreland, thank you so much for being a fabulous guest on our podcast today. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share the stories. If anything discussed in this podcast has caused you concern or distress, contact your general practitioner or health provider. To locate a psychologist in your area, call the Australian Psychological Society and locate Find a Psychologist Service on 1800 397 or visit www.findapsychologist.org.au. If you or someone you know is in crisis, Lifeline is available 24-7 on 13 11 14 and Kids Helpline, again 24-7, on 1800 55 1800 and both are free of charge. To find out more about me, please visit my website, dramandaferguson.com.au. You can find the link in my show notes. The opinions expressed by guests in these podcasts aren't necessarily shared by me.